welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking about the war of the words, the buzzwords these days, which seem to be anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. And there seems to be this incredibly um, blind um, way of thinking that if you are against anti-Semitism, that means you must be for or you must be Islamophobic. And, of course, the two things are totally uh, separate from each other, and neither one of them should be acceptable. And yet we are having um, more and more incidents of uh, people arguing about this. And to to be quite honest... I think it's very frightening. To me, it recalls, uh, what's very frightening is how there seems to be this acceptance, notably in Congress, and notably particularly in regard to Ilhan Omar and her incredible anti-Semitism and anti-Israel views, which seem to be going, um, it could be like she's talking about the weather in terms of her fellow congressmen, even her fellow Democrats, not really condemning this kind of hate speech. And yet, um, we now have sort of the, the, the uh, backlash of that, or um, we now have, not, it's not only, it's not only um, conservatives who are being um, condemned for uh, speaking out against anti-Semitism, but we just recently had an incident of Chelsea Clinton, who is neither a Jew nor a Republican, uh, and she was recently attacked at NYU. In fact, um, the video of her being attacked is 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 shocking. Um, she is pregnant. You know, this is bad. This would have been bad enough um, if she weren't pregnant. And this this uh, aggressive, you know, verbally aggressive, and you're kind of waiting for them. She, they're standing very close to her. And I'm waiting for them to, um, you just, they're like a hair away from getting physically aggressive. I mean, I guess maybe the fact that she was pregnant perhaps is what stopped them. But in any case, um, she was condemned just recently for uh, speaking out against anti-Semitism and blamed for causing the New Zealand mosque attack. Now, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I will leave it here, and I will uh, let my guest talk more about this. My guest is David Rubin. He's been on the show before, um, but not for a while. And uh, <laughs> I, I wish you, David. I should have had you on more frequently. Um, he is the former oh. mayor of Shiloh, Israel. He is the founder and president of the Shiloh Children's Fund in Israel. He's an American um, political commentator, an American-Israel political commentator who lives in Israel, and he uh, is the author of a new book called Trump and the Jews. So welcome to the show, David. Well, thank you, Dr. Carroll. It's good to be back with you. Well, let's talk, I mean, I want to talk, of course, about, um, you know, your own um, 
your own experience. I know you mentioned it before on the show, but it bears repeating about, you know, how you and your son were attacked by terrorists in Israel. And you actually are born, you're American by birth, correct? I I remember that somewhat of that story, how you grew up here, right? Yes, I did. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I did. I grew up up actually in New York. And I I moved to Israel uh, 20... Almost 27 years ago, and I've I've, I've been living in, in Israel for uh, for that long, and I served as mayor of of the community of Shiloh or Shiloh, as Americans would call it, and <laughs> and uh, and as you said, I was wounded in a terrorist attack along with my then three-year-old son, and I founded the. Shiloh Israel Children's Fund on the background of that terrorist attack to help the terror victims in Israel. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll talk more about that a little bit at the end, but let's, I, I'm, I'm really itching to um, get into this Elon Omar and Chelsea Clinton event. I, I just... Um, I just looked at the uh, tape. I mean, I had read about it and so on, heard about it, but um, but nothing nothing that you could read or hear about uh, really does justice to what the situation was like. I, I, I mean, it, well, why don't you tell us about it? Uh, sure. Well, it's you know we unfortunately we're, we're we've become quite used to uh, the. Uh, you know, seeing videos of conservatives being attacked on on campuses like Berkeley and uh, you know other college campuses, and that that's become almost a norm uh, to see the aggression and the you know the Antifa and and other organizations that are very aggressive towards those who are on the right of the political spectrum. Uh, but this is the first time, well, no, it's not the first time, it's actually the second time uh, that I've seen that kind of aggression directed towards towards a liberal, towards someone who clearly has liberal views on the issues and is a, a supporter of the Democratic Party. Uh, I mean, we saw it with Bernie Sanders, where he was heckled and, and um, you know, almost forced off the stage. Uh, during the last presidential campaign, uh, but but now we're seeing with with Chelsea Clinton, and it was very disturbing, as as you mentioned, where she she was uh, she she was attending uh, an event at NYU, uh, New York University, and and this was an event uh, in uh, memorializing the victims of the attack on the mosque in in New Zealand. And you know, so she was there, you know, doing doing what uh, she she felt was the right thing to do, uh, which was to uh, express her opposition to all forms of of violence and and hatred, uh, you know, ca- carried out on civilians. So I, I mean, it was it was uh, there was nothing wrong with what she was doing, uh, but because she had previously spoken out against the anti-Semitism 
of Ilhan Omar, the, the representative from Minnesota, uh, because she sp- had spoken out about that, along with so many other people, uh, they, she was verbally assaulted at the end of the event, uh, verbally assaulted by uh, a group of, of uh, apparently far left, and you know, I guess some Muslims among them, it appeared, uh, verbally assaulted her, and and they, uh, they they just were totally unreasonable and totally unfair, uh, t- telling her that she caused. Now, hear what I said, what, what they said, that, that, that she caused and encouraged, that her words caused and encouraged uh, that, ter- that uh, terror attack on the mosque in New Zealand. Now, you know, if anybody could explain to me what the connection is, you know, how, how she caused it by condemning anti-Semitism, uh, so, so here they're condemning her for condemning anti-Semitism and claiming that that condemnation of anti-Semitism uh, in, in encouraged and, uh, and abetted the, the attack in New Zealand. Uh, totally bizarre, uh, but it's not bizarre if you understand the mentality of, of the Muslim radicals and of the far left, and, uh, which unfortunately is becoming stronger in America in recent years. Yes, and you know, um, this this confrontation, um, one of the things that is disturbing is that um, the students involved, there was the main student who was uh, verbally aggressive to her and blaming her and so on, was named Lean Dweek. She was a Muslim, she is a Muslim, and, um, and then there's the woman who was taking this video, um, was named Rose Asaf, and she is Jewish. And I was thinking to myself, first, before I read more about it, I was thinking, oh, great, she took video to show everybody how horrible it was that poor Chelsea was being uh, beaten up verbally, if not physically. And, uh, and so she's memorializing this and putting it on the Internet so that people could see how bad um, Lean Dweek was, you know. And, uh, and in, in fact, it turns out, that both of them knew each other, Rose and Lean knew each other, because they were both students, they both belonged to this organization on, on the college campus called Students for Justice in Palestine. And, uh, and so it wasn't, in fact, to show, to show this was a horrible thing. It was to show that, uh, you know, that, that Chelsea was to continue the, the conversation, that Chelsea is a bad person who, co- who caused the New Zealand attack because she spoke out against anti-Semitism. One thing I just want to mention, because I was saying before that Chelsea isn't Jewish, that, that's true, but her husband, Mark Mislinsky, is Jewish. Just, just uh, tr- full transparency for anybody who didn't know that. Um, so, you know, this brings up the whole thing of, um, which is really kind of complex, and I don't think a lot of people um, look deep enough into this to realize it, but Ilhan Omar, um, she has anti-Semitic speech, she has anti-Israel speech, and really, in a sense, each one of those is a cover-up for the other. I mean, her real ultimate agenda, I believe, and I would love to hear what you have to say, her real agenda is a Palestinian agenda to, um, 
to wipe Israel off the map and have that land belong to the Palestinians. So the anti-Semitism, I mean, of course she's anti-Semitic, but in a way that's covering over her stronger agenda, which is to get rid of Israel. What do you think of that? Well, I think the two are very closely tied together, and I do want to answer your question, but... Uh, first, I, I really must respond to what you, you said earlier about the, uh, the the Muslim woman and the Jewish woman who were uh-huh. uh, who were both uh, who both were apparently uh, quite anti-Israel. Uh, you know, in my book Trump and the Jews that you mentioned earlier, uh, a lot of what I wrote about is about President Trump and you know and what. Uh, what his presidency has meant uh, for Israel and for the Jewish people uh, in all of its complexity. Uh, but but another thing I wrote about in Trump and the Jews is about the Jewish people and American Jews and and how so many American Jews have abandoned their roots and, and have just moved away from their roots and who they are. And you know, and, that, and that's kind of sad. And so, the, I mean, apparently that particular woman is one such person who doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't seem to understand the importance of the state of Israel in in the you know the long and painful history of the Jewish people. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going to get too much into that right now because you did ask a question. So I'm going to get back to your question, which is about uh, Ilhan Omar. And uh, yes, Ilhan Omar does. Omar does have uh, an anti-Israel agenda, uh, but the fact is that it, her, her words weren't just against Israel, and and her her actions in the future wouldn't be just against Israel, uh, because there's a very very fine line between being anti-Israel and being anti-Semitic. Uh, Israel is, is the, the country of the Jewish people. I, Israel is our, uh, is our homeland. If, not, if, if, if Jews aren't citizens of the state of Israel, uh, it is least, at least their historic homeland. Uh, they, they trace their roots back far enough and they may have to go back a lot of generations to, to go back those 2,000 years, uh, but they will find their ancestors lived in the land of Israel and, and that the, there was uh, the, a, a country called Israel that, it, that existed uh, for a lot longer, about three times as long as the United States has existed. So, uh, you know, there's no avoiding it. You know, any and any Jews who want to avoid uh, who they are and uh, and and go against their heritage, uh, well, you know that's just very sad. Uh, but but Ilhan Omar Omar knows exactly what she's doing. Uh, she's she's actually much smarter than people give her credit for. Uh, she's actually much smarter than what a lot of the Democrats give her credit for. You know, I heard some some of a couple of Jewish uh, Democratic politicians in Congress who who were talking about how uh, they they're, they're trying to explain to her how painful it is for the Jewish people 
uh, to hear anti-Semitic, classic anti-Semitic comments, uh, such as accusing Jews of dual loyalty, uh, which, you know, the dual loyalty claim would never be made against an immigrant uh, to the United States, an immigrant who came from Pakistan, for for example, or, or from Jordan, uh, you know, or any other Muslim country, or and that dual loyalty claim would never be made against any Mexicans, uh, you know, especially illegal immigrants. Uh, but 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 we're not here to talk about that today. Uh, but the mm-hmm. you know there, there's something very clearly biased about her statement. Uh, it can't be avoided, you know, no matter how much uh, the Democratic Party has tried to rationalize this issue, it can't be avoided. The, the fact is that her statements uh, accusing uh, the Jews of, of using money to bribe American politicians, her, her, her statements uh, saying that, that Israel is evil, uh, you, you can't read it any other way. You know, it's 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 anti-Semitism straight out. Uh, so, uh, so yes, I'm I'm aware of her anti-Israel uh, beliefs, and I'd be happy to debate her on those beliefs anytime, anytime, and anywhere. Um, of course, she she would be terribly frightened to do so uh, because she may have to deal with facts. Uh, but mm-hmm. but uh, well, it's very disturbing. Well, I, I, it's very disturbing. Yeah. Yes, it is. And we need to take a break now, which is disturbing, but we will be back with my guest, David Rubin. We're talking today about anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, Ilhan Omar, Chelsea Clinton, and what is the state of um, our society today. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about war of the words, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. And this was sparked in particular by um, the recent uh, attack, that's really all you can call it, attack on Chelsea Clinton at NYU by um, a Muslim student, and I hate to say it, a a Jewish student as well, attacking her for her claiming that she caused the attack in New Zealand on the mosque because she spoke out against anti-Semitism. And um, let me see. What, uh, for example, the leader of this attack on her, Lean Dweek, a Muslim, said, this right here is the result of a massacre stoked by people like you and the words that you pull out into the world, that you put out into the world. And then um, Chelsea says, you know, backs up, because it was so aggressive, uh, she backs up and she puts her hand on her stomach, her pregnant stomach, and she says, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Certainly it was never my intention. I do believe words matter. Um, You know, the idea that um, she would have to apologize she did nothing wrong. All she did was speak out against anti-Semitism, and yes, against Ilhan Omar, who is Congress's most florid anti-Semite and anti-Israel person who has ever been there. Um, and um, and and she's—you could tell that Chelsea is, is taken aback and is frightened, and and she's apologizing. And I'm going to ask my guest, David Rubin, who is the author of a new book called Trump and the Jews and the um, founder of Shiloh Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, Um, what you think about what what it reminded me of, especially watching the video, it was, uh, it reminded me of um, the beginnings of the Holocaust, you know, where people apologized and didn't really speak out on behalf of the Jews. This is what this whole thing with Ilhan Omar and um, the fact that Congress wouldn't condemn her and the fact that um, they put out this statement instead, this watered-down statement saying, instead of saying, you know, uh, condemning her and condemning anti-Semitism, they just made this ridiculous uh, statement that means nothing, condemning, you know, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and uh, racism, I mean, just sort of a general blanket statement like, duh, one would hope that the Congress of the United States is against all of these things. Um, and so, I mean, has any, is this sort of reminding you, this whole um, climate, is, rem- is this reminding you of, of the beginnings of the Holocaust? Well, it, it, reminds, me, it reminds me of, of inability to deal with issues. Uh, you know, kind of putting it in the closet, just be pretending that it's not there, is, isn't going to make anti-Semitism go away. And uh, I found it especially disturbing that there that there are some some 25 Jewish members of Congress who are 
who are mostly in the Democratic Party, uh, who failed to step up to the plate on this. You know, it's, it's very that, that I find that very disturbing as well. Yes, uh, yes, yes. yes they're, they're only a small minority in their party and, and in the country, but. Uh, but but I, I found that very disturbing. I, I really did. And 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 that, but that the Democrats altogether couldn't deal with the issue. You know, they, the the Republicans and the Republicans certainly aren't perfect. Uh, but but if you if you look at how they dealt with the Steve King issue, you know, when when uh, Representative Steve King was found to make bigoted statements. Uh, he he was immediately stripped of his rights to be on any of uh, the important committees in in the House. Uh, that was not done with Ilhan Omar. She she remains on the Foreign Affairs Committee in in Congress. Uh, it, it was you know Pelosi did not deal with the issue. She she is uh, running scared. Uh, she's afraid to stand up to the radicals. And and it's very very troubling uh, that she's not dealing with the issue, and and that the, the the rest of the Democratic Party isn't dealing with the issue. And getting back to your point about the Holocaust, um, clearly I, I I don't see it at the, as the beginnings of a Holocaust, but I, but I do uh, I do know from from Jewish history, and especially from the darker side of Jewish history, which is uh, what was done to you know the, the the Jewish people during World War Two and six million Jews being slaughtered. Uh, what what happened at that time is that uh, the words of Hitler were ignored, and and they they were just kind of, kind of you know they they were they were poo pooed. They weren't dealt with, and uh, soon came actions to follow those words. Well, uh, words. Lead to actions, and 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 those actions, uh, you know, would 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 be something that that this country doesn't want to see uh, when it comes to Ilhan Omar. Now, 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 as far as Chelsea Clinton and and her her particular challenge, uh, if we want to call it that, uh, she was being verbally assaulted, and and you know, probably because. Uh, of her liberal liberal views, which you know involves a lot of guilt, uh, you know she felt like she couldn't respond. She she didn't have the backbone to respond, and I and I understand she felt vulnerable. She's feeling vulnerable. She is pregnant, and uh, but you know that, that I'm I'm certainly not blaming her. You know I was praising her uh, for making the, the statements against anti-Semitism. But 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 when when no, you're assaulted I, I'm not, and, and you're intimidated, it's, it's, I, I oh, oh I know you're not, not blaming her. her. I mean, I, I I I you know it was I actually thought it was amazing, even though you know of course she had nothing to apologize for, but I thought it was amazing that she was able to keep her poise to the extent that she did in those circumstances. Yeah. But 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 what I'm saying is that uh, there is this approach that is used by both the far left in America and the Islamic ideologues. That's one thing they have in common. And there is that approach of being violently aggressive 
against those who disagree with you. And, mm-hmm. and that is what is very troubling here. And that is why uh, Chelsea Clinton felt like she couldn't respond. She, she was just kind of back. She felt like she was backed into a corner because they were being so aggressive. And the goal is to intimidate and to, to, to intimidate her in this case, in this case, it's directed at her, but, but it's certainly directed as other, at other people as well. And to intimidate her and to make her feel like she can't respond. And then she starts apologizing. Uh, you know, so, so, so that is very problematic. It's a very problematic approach. It goes against uh, the, the great American tradition of, of dialogue, of, of uh, debate, in, in um, you know, in a, a positive spirit, uh, it's 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 really really bad. Yes, um, absolutely. And just to just to second something that you were saying before, uh, I mean, I well, I think that there should that um, of course Ilhan Omar should be taken off the committee, the um, House Foreign um, Relations Committee. Foreign Affairs Committee, but also should be uh, made to resign from Congress. I mean, it's just even by that, these things not happening, and certainly um, her not being taken off the House Foreign Affairs Committee, by that not happening, it's like everyone in Congress, or at least the House, is just uh, okaying it, you know, um, saying, well, <laughs> I mean, here she, um, she doesn't make any bones about her views, and her foreign affairs views, and and she's on the committee. I mean, it's not supposed to be that um, that radical or that. You, I mean, I don't even know how she got put on the committee to begin with. I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess that had to have been Nancy Pelosi. But and I guess Nancy. I guess she must have asked Nancy Pelosi to be on that committee. And Nancy Pelosi, I agree with you, is running scared from this uh, new young woman, women, radical group in Congress. And Nancy Pelosi is trying to save her own skin by uh, appeasing them to some degree so that they don't try to throw her over. That's true. That's true. That's, cl- that's clearly what's happening. Uh, the far left is very vocal. Uh, but but as I said a moment ago, it's that aggressiveness. It's that um, you know verbally assault, assaulting people who disagree with you, and and you know I'm, I must say that there is something in the mentality. And I'm, you have to remember, I live in Israel. I've been in Israel for 27 years. I know the Middle East, and there is something in the Muslim mentality of. And, and, the, and the culture. There is a certain culture uh, that you know that any Muslim will, who's, who's honest will tell you is true. Uh, there is a certain culture of aggressiveness and and assaulting those who disagree with you, who who, uh, who, who might go against something uh, in the Muslim ideology or you know, anti-Semitism, which is rampant in the Islamic world, and that's why anti-Semitism is so rampant in, in Europe right now, uh, because mm-hmm. uh, the Muslim population mm-hmm. has grown. That certainly doesn't mean yeah. that every Muslim is anti-Semitic, uh, but, but it does mean that it is rampant in the Islamic world. 
and that is a big problem. And uh, and uh, I think that needs to be said. I, uh, you know, and uh, I know that the radicals would would accuse me of being Islamophobic. You know, but uh, you know, phobia is an irrational fear, and uh, I, I don't see anything irrational about being concerned about a certain type of mentality that that says that anti-Semitism is acceptable, and I and I, you know, and it's 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 very it's very frightening. It should frighten most Americans uh, that, that there are three Congress people who are Muslims today, and before that was Keith Ellison, who was quite anti-Semitic and quite anti-Israel. And now you have three others. Uh, there's Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Andre Carson, and all three of them are, are quite anti-Israel and have, uh, have made anti-Semitic expressions uh, at the least. So uh, that is very troubling. Uh, because what will what will be the case when there are another ten or fifteen, and and then how will the Democratic Party deal with it at that point? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's that's why I was saying about uh, a um, a climate similar to the Holocaust. You know, the idea of First, they came for the Jews, you know, this poem that was said before, during the lead-up to the Holocaust. First, they came for the Jews, and I said nothing. Then they came for, you know, this kind of person, and that, the communists, and the all different kinds of people, mm-hmm. and I said nothing. And, and then they came for, for me, and there was no one left to say anything. So that's the Correct. kind of climate that I'm talking about. And, um, I mean, yes, I, I don't think people are really recognizing it now, and it's not like... Um, there are mobs in the street. However, what you said is absolutely true about Europe. Um, and uh, as you may remember, I, I used to live in Europe, um, in, in Paris and in London uh, and in Belgium. And um, having gone there just recently, um, the change, you know, I mean, I've gone there be, be, over the years, but just recent, this past year, I went there because my book, uh, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, uh, won the London Book Festival Award and the Paris Book Festival Award. And so I spent a week in each city, you know, for the award ceremony and then giving talks and so on. And yes, um, it does not look anything like it used to look. And it is uh, very scary. You know, the, the riots that there are in Paris now, the yellow vests, that are supposedly about gas prices or something. It's, I mean, it's like, hello, um, clearly this is, uh, uh, these are terrorists who are, um, uh, who are promoting these protests that have gotten more and more violent. I mean, whatever they're saying is the reason. I mean, yes, you know, they, they are poor, and so they don't like the taxes or the prices or all that. But really, this is just another form of terrorist attack. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no. There's no question about it. Uh, you, you know, I, I often say that the that the far left and uh, the Islamic ideologues have two things in common. Okay, the uh, but but the main one is that they 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 both want to bring down uh, the United States and Europe 
and they basically want to bring down Western civilization as a Judeo-Christian civilization. Uh, you know, whether, and this has nothing to do with how religious a person is or, or non-religious a person is. It does have to do with the basic values because every society has a right to have its own values. And when, and when those values uh, are contrary to uh, what, what uh, is a Judeo-Christian uh, heritage that, comes all, that goes all the way back to the founding fathers of the United States, uh, then, then clearly something is going on uh, beyond what you see on the surface. And uh, there is that cooperation uh, the, whether it's organized cooperation, whether it's um, you know cooperation that is not visible to the average eye, uh, but but it's happening. It's happening, and the, it, 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 there, there was that cooperation when uh, President Obama came to power, for example, when when President Obama was moving up the ranks. Uh, there, there was quite a bit of evidence of that cooperation between the far left and and the Muslim ideologues. Uh, so, so it's that, yes, we see it in Europe, and in, in Europe it's much more noticeable, and the rise of anti-Semitism is much more noticeable, and it's obvious that it comes from that. Uh, so uh, it's, it's going to be more apparent in the United States as time goes on, though, as the Muslim pop population grows in the United States. And once again, I'm, I'm going to emphasize uh, that, you know, I, I, I know quite a few Muslims who, who are certainly not like that. Uh, but but when, when you have three members of, of Congress who are Muslims, who all share anti-Semitic beliefs and, and make anti-Semitic statements, uh, so that's very, very troubling. And, and the fact that Keith Ellison, before them, who is now not in Congress, uh, was also making anti-Semitic, anti-Israel statements uh, that, that, that were quite shocking. Yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take a break. Um, we, when we come back, we'll talk more with my guest, David Rubin, the author of Trump and the Jews. In fact, I think now I'll ask you um, in the next segment about your book. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman talking about the war of the buzzwords these days, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, not at all to minimize the seriousness of all this. Um, My guest is David Rubin. He is, um, besides being the founder and president of the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund and the former mayor of Shiloh and an American-Israeli political commentator, he is also the author of a new book. He's written other books previously, but he is the author of a new book, called Trump and the Jews. And um, I, w- tell us about that. Tell us why you wrote that, first of all, and what um, people can find in it. Sure. Well, it, what, I, what I have seen over, over time, and I've, I've been following uh, the political situation. I mean, I'm, I'm not only uh, involved in following Israeli politics and writing about Israeli politics, but also... Uh, American politics as it relates to Israel and as it relates to the Jewish people. So uh, one thing that I found uh, very uh, concerning during the election campaign in uh, 2016 uh, was when there, there was a lot of name-calling. And, you know, I, and it's true that Trump, being this crazy New Yorker, uh, was was kind of instigating some of it, but a lot of it was being directed at him. And it was, it was coming from all sides. And, uh, you know, whenever I hear name-calling, I, I want to just, like, put all of the name-calling to the side. And I, I don't care who it's coming from, who it's aimed at. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, an old expression, I don't remember who said it, but uh, name-calling is the last refuge of non-thinkers. You know, I, I, I believe that, mm-hmm. that we have to s- stick to the issues and, and discuss the issues and, 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 and look at people's actions. So uh, when, when it came to Trump, there wasn't much of that happening, you know, and especially after he was elected. And uh, there, there was such, vit- such vitriol and such hostility. And I, I said, look, the jury is out on this guy. Let's see what happens. And when, when it comes to Israel and when it comes, comes to the Jewish people, uh, he's, he's just been remarkable, you know, in his, in his courage to take certain stands that were never taken before, that ha- certainly haven't been taken in recent years. Uh, such as moving the United States Embassy to Jerusalem, uh, you know, which is the capital of Israel for 3,000 years, uh, more than 3,000 years. Everyone, know, everyone knows that, you know, even those who oppose Israel. Uh, and and the, 
the ending of the American involvement in the Iran nuclear deal, which, you know, which was disastrous for uh, not just for Israel, but for the free world as a whole. Uh, it, it just gave them the military means and the financial means uh, to, uh, to spread their hatred around the world. Uh, they're the major funders of Islamic terrorist organizations. So Trump taking a stand against that agreement was a great thing. And he's, and he's called out the Palestinian Authority, uh, which finances every single terror attack in Israel. And, and it doesn't matter whether terrorists are thrown in jail after committing those terrorist attacks. And the terrorists who, by the way, shot uh, my three-year-old son and me and wounded us, uh, they've, they've been in jail for quite some time, but their families get funding from the Palestinian Authority. They get financial support uh, for committing that attack and so many others. So uh, it's... I, I just felt I needed to address the issue of President Trump. And I also saw that uh, there were a lot of Jews in America uh, who, who are vehemently against President Trump. And I, I wanted to explore that and see what that's all about. And, uh, and, uh-huh. and that a minority of Jews and probably uh, the, the faster growing population uh, thinks that Trump is doing a great job. So, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of interesting things going on uh, with the Jews being on the front lines of, of the, the, the whole phenomenon that is called Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, and now we, as we've always known, as I have always known, Israel is always in the news and Jewish people are always in the news. And we see this with the Ilhan Omar affair. And I, 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 I wanted that to be addressed. And so Trump and the Jews also confronted the issue of anti-Semitism and, uh, you know, how, how President Trump was uh, actually accused of being anti-Semitic early in his presidency. I wanted to explore that and the whole Charlottesville affair and what, what happened there, what actually happened there, and, and whether there may have been a, an iota of truth uh, to what he's to what he said, and or to all the charges that were made against him, I I, I felt that all this needed to be needed to be researched and revealed, and that's what my book Trump and the Jews is all about. Well, that that's yes, <laughs> just yes. You know, first of all, I watched the whole um, dedication ceremony of the uh, embassy, the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem, and I cried. It was so moving. It was so amazing, and that was such a brave... I mean, you know, there have been previous presidents who may have, you know, talked a little bit about the idea or thought about it, but nobody had the guts to actually do it, and that was amazing. And then um, as far as... uh, um, and, and, of course, the same thing with the Iran nuclear deal that was such a bad deal. And Netanyahu came to Congress and explained why it was a bad deal, and yet it was uh, agreed upon anyway by Obama, uh, who did the most to destroy this country than any president, uh, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, one of the things, I mean, you mentioned about how there were, in the 2016 election, how there were uh, a number of Jews who were against Trump. Um, now, I understand that, you know, that if, if 
someone is a Democrat, a longstanding Democrat, and um, uh, all of that, that, you know, they might be, tend to continue to vote that way. But, um, but even in the election, uh, in the campaign to the election, things that Trump was saying um, gave a hint, or more than a hint, that he was going to be doing things that would be so-called good for the Jews. And yet, so I was pretty amazed. I'll never forget walking into a meeting of a Jewish organization and saying something about um, about Hillary or about maybe it was even before Hillary was the was the candidate. Just something something about maybe positive about Trump, and assuming that everybody in the room was going to be uh, also agreeing that yes, Trump would be good for the Jews. And I got a number of people um, saying something that showed that, no, they were obviously going to not vote. They were going to vote against him. And that kind of blew me away. So I am interested in what you found about why Jews voted against him. Well, and I'm not going to reveal everything that's in the book, uh, okay. but, but I, I, I will give you a, a little bit of an idea. Uh, the, the, the Jewish people who lived in Europe and came to the United States in droves. And, you know, obviously when you're talking about Jewish, Jewish people, uh, so, when, you know, when you talk about droves, it's, it's relative droves because we're very small people population-wise. And, and uh, those who came to the United States, uh, were, there was a substantial amount of Jews, but... You know, Jews are maybe 2% of the population in the United States. Uh, but they, they, they did come in relatively large numbers in the early part of the 20th century. And, you know, my, my grandparents were among them. And as I said, it, you know, even though I live in Israel, you know, my, I did grow up in the United States. And my, my grandparents were legal immigrants to the United States from Europe. And they, uh, so they came with hundreds of thousands of others. And the, the thing is that the, the Jews in America in the early part of the 20th century were very, very hardworking people. I mean, they came in poverty and there was a lot of discrimination against them. Uh, but do you think that they had days of rage? Uh, no, they, 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 they said you know, that they're going to work hard and they they worked they worked their butts off and they they worked very hard uh to emerge from poverty uh the the children uh the Jewish children who went to public school uh in the United States in that time uh were very very serious students and they, they and they got ahead through education and through hard work and they and the, the Jews achieved tremendously in the United States uh but but part of what they did to get ahead uh, was that they left their heritage behind uh, in, in great numbers, in great numbers. Probably a majority of the, the Jewish people in America, uh, they, 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 they left their Judaic heritage, their, their very uh, vast Judaic heritage back in Europe. And as a result of that, uh, they... they they sought out some some other sort of heritage, and uh, they found that in the Democratic Party and in, in liberal ideology and very secular ideology. And uh, the Jews in America, uh, 
you know, all the research has shown that Jews in America are the most secular religious group of all the religious groups. And, uh, and they, they, they tend uh, to, to support left-wing causes, and they, they very often support the left-wing causes at the extent of their own people, uh, which, which mm-hmm. you know, their own people, you know, their own religious and ethnic group. Uh, so uh, that's a lot of what I explored in Trump and the Jews, in addition mm-hmm. to President Trump's relationship to American Jews, to Israel, and and why it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's all very interesting. And my, my theory, of course, I haven't done any of the research that you have, but my theory is that there's some, <laughs> if he did, um, what do you call it, one of those genetic tests, you know, uh, I don't know, 23 in the year, whatever the, the different ones that there are, uh, he would find some Jewish blood in there if you go back far enough. That's my, my theory. Well, what, in, 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 shop, President, wonder... in President Trump, you're saying? Yes, yes. Okay, well, well, we certainly have it in his family, uh, but, but not, not necessarily in his ancestors, but, but certainly in his immediate family. You know, he, has, uh, right. he does have a, a Jew, Jewish daughter and son-in-law and, and Jewish right. grandchildren. And, right, you know, right. but, but, he, but, but, <laughs> but in my I research, I found that he also had, a, yes, well, I was just going to say, I mentioned the genealogy, but... Um, oh, I know that. But, I know that. I know that, but, but, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm saying he... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, New, in, in New York, as a, as a real estate developer in New York, he, he had a lot of relationships with, uh, with, yes. with American Jews, and, yeah. and some of those relationships were very pivotal in, mm-hmm. in making him who he well, is. Well, we kind of... Un- we, yes. We kind of need to stop now, and I want to make sure that there's time for me to remind my listeners of the name of the book, which is Trump and the Jews, and you would like people to, um, the best place for them to get it is Amazon. So again, it's Trump and the Jews, and again, my my guest name is David Rubin, that's R-U-B-I-N, and thank you so much, David, and I wish you lots of luck with this. Um, You know, certainly you have spent, I know how, how, um, what's the word, responsibly, you do all of your research for all of your books. So I'm sure that, uh, you know, that this one is that way too, that there is, this isn't just opinion, it's a lot of research behind it. So thank you very much for being on Dr. Carol's Couch, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.